0: Everybody, welcome to the extraordinary family life formula
1: I you were coaching going to
0: say podcast. Yeah, podcast. So used to saying that. Well, welcome to the formula, you guys. We're super excited that you're here or watching the recording if you couldn't make it live. Um, today, we're continuing our discussion about boys and men, and specifically about video games and screens and devices and why the effect it's having and why it's so appealing to boys and it seems like almost everyone we talk to is having some kind of device screen time video game struggle with all their kids right and and it's a different what well, we're going to talk about this today it's meeting a different need for boys and for girls it's meeting a different need so uh, when we switch and do, do a whole series on girls, we'll talk about that. They're using it more uh, to meet different needs. But boys are leaning into video games and, and, uh, and, and screens to meet their unique needs. And we're going to talk about that today. But it's it's, uh, it's such an important topic. We have to understand what's going on. And it's so unprecedented, right? Because this it, never before in history have there been screen addictions and video game challenges right this is it started uh video games came out, came out when i was a kid with like the first atari uh and you were Super playing like, like well even before that it was yeah. like pac-man and like tetris and these little things and then it's just advanced to full-on uh, augmented realities and simulations and crazy cool stuff and there is no sign of slowing down or stopping this is going to be a part of our lives and our kids lives and our grandkids lives and so we have to understand it and know how to operate effectively inside of it and well and wrap inside our heads around of it, it
2: not necessarily like Inside game, yeah, yeah. but inside of what's happening around us and it's fascinating because one of the things i thought of was um for those of you who attended last time we're discussing things from this book boys adrift by dr leonard sachs and he said you know if you haven't played video games in the last 10 years which we fall into that category <laughs> um they've become a lot more addictive because people who create games understand human psychology and they're implementing all of those all of that knowledge into the way they design the game not and necessarily so they are more addictive than they used to be
0: yeah not necessarily in malice right but in marketing and and time and and time they they're doing this with social media they're doing every everyone has like you, you take any big organization they have a whole department that's designed to help you click more often and stay longer
2: to maintain your attention. Yeah. They're trying to
0: keep your attention. So basically what they're addiction specialists, they're not, (laughs) they wouldn't call themselves that. And they're not like, let's create addictions. They're just trying to, how can
2: we get people to use our product longer and more?
0: Exactly. So we have to know that in all those things, including video games, but movies and social media, all that stuff they they are strategically using
1: human, human psychology.
0: psychology and neurology in their favor to try to get that going. And so man, super, super, super important that we understand what's happening and, and the effect it has and how we want to engage with it as families. So,
2: yes. And um, so last time we're kind of doing this whole series. Just as a recap, we're doing this series from the book because the the book has so much. We could easily just, you know, do a fire hose of everything in, that's in there, but I feel like that's too much, and so we want to really dig into it more and and glean more from each chapter. So last time we discussed why and how boys are disengaging from school and education and college in general. Just they're losing their drive to want to achieve to want to do well in school so that was super powerful and insightful go back and watch that recording if you haven't but one of the things it talked about was that in schools boys have well boys are receiving the side effects or they're receiving the consequences of what's happening in schools and one of those things is that competition is being removed A lot, you know, a lot of competition is being removed and people are seeing this, but it's especially affecting boys. And then the other thing that they talked about is things as simple as what he calls, Dr. Sachs calls generic violence. And that's basically, that could include things like throwing snowballs at school. That could include dodgeball, right? The boys' favorite game. I hated that game in school. Greg loved it.
0: Um, But it's any kind of wrestling or roughhousing or just this kind of hardwiring we have to be aggressive.
2: Yeah, and it also includes things like um, reading about or writing about, specifically, generic violence, which means something, violence that's related to a topic that's relevant and appropriate. So if you're reading or writing about World War II, there's going to be violence involved. And boys and men generally can appreciate or I don't know if enjoy is the right word more of the graphic nature of that violence if that makes sense but that is being removed from schools as well and so as a result I'm summing up what the last we discussed last time that boys are checking out and one thing they're turning to is video games as kind of a replacement of all of those things they had competition in schools they had this violence, generic violence in schools, now it's being removed and boys feel like they don't have a place. And no one is of the, it
0: being removed, it's being socially discouraged yes, in a lot of places.
2: Yes, it's also being discouraged, heavily discouraged, yeah. actually. And um, as a result, many boys are turning to video games because video games then fill that void that's missing in their lives so that was kind of where we ended before and then we we're like okay we're going, to, we're going to talk about video games and that's where we are today and that's that's kind of the lead in here and in fact um
0: well, I want to I want to ask maybe you can finish yeah. your thought but I want you to start thinking and sharing in the chat here or you can jump on mic just from your experience with raising uh, well being married and raising boys, or even if you have all daughters, like you've been around maybe nephews or just been around boys, whatever. some of you have worked with boys in church or school or other settings, like just being around boys and men, I want you to start thinking about sharing here, what have you just perceived on your own, without reading, without research, without you know your doctoral dissertation, just what have you observed that boys want and need? And it'd be, I'd love to hear this. It's fascinating and put all of our minds together here, throw it in the chat, um, or you can turn on your mic, but let's, let's start, let's start putting that together and I hope you take some notes and and jot that down and make a list, because that's the fundamental basis of everything we're going to be talking about today, is that, that they have these needs, they've got some basic needs, and those needs are unique. And if the needs aren't met, they're going to find some kind of vehicle to try to meet those needs. And one of those vehicles today is obviously video games. And it's a really poor substitute.
2: Well, yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that because um, I don't know who originally taught this, but I know Tony Robbins teaches it essentially that every single human being has six basic human needs and everything we do all of our behaviors everything this covers everything is basically trying to fulfill one of those six human needs and so this definitely falls into that that boys have basic human needs that differ from girls human needs and i know a lot of people not a lot there's people out there today that don't believe that that there's a difference but there is and there's Tons of research that shows that that's biological, um, and so they're they're using they're turning to video games to fulfill those one of those six human needs. But I think it also ties into what I was going to actually say, where he from the book he says that you know a lot of boys and young men have desires and motivations that their parents and especially their mothers don't really understand. And so that's something that I really want to I like to be reminded of that, right? And I, I want us to keep that in the forefront that there are there's things that we may not understand about our boys and our young men and our husbands, even that they have these drives and motivations that are different from ours. And so a lot of times we can look at them and think, oh, there's something wrong with you. When really it's not that there's anything wrong with them. It's just that they're different than I am. Right. So I just, I just want to
0: keep that up. And I think that's worth emphasizing because even in, even in my coaching experience with moms, they'll come and they'll express like, they'll be genuinely bothered. Like, or really even deeply disturbed. bothered or disturbed by things their little boys do and they're describing it to me i'm like yep <laughs> like that sounds exactly like a little boy and where a dad wouldn't be or bothered a and lit, or a young right. man you're like yeah well of course they're gonna do that they're gonna build things and then break them and destroy them and tease and run and rough house and make a disaster and build a fort out of your nice furniture and dive bomb off of it and bring the dog in and wh- whatever i mean they're just they're going through all these things or they're, you know, sword fighting or whatever. And it comes up that a mom, again, it's the, the yin and the yang, right? We, we fit together beautifully, men and women does. It's just so beautiful, but you don't want to squelch out or, or drown the spark or flame of that pure masculinity. And you don't want to force it out of a boy because as a mother, you would never do that. And so you're trying to train your boys to never do that. And, and it actually, honestly, in the long term, does them a disservice instead of allowing them. Now, we're not giving them license to be barbarians and have be ill-behaved, right? We can still be classy, but we're going to allow boys to be boys, just like we would allow girls to be girls. I'm not going to stop my daughters from doing feminine things. That would be very, very short-sighted of me. Saying, well, I don't don't need to do that. That's not, I would never do that. What are you doing? You don't need to go
2: get your nails done.
0: That's dumb. Well, stupid nails. I don't get my nails done, right? That would be very short-sighted of me and and narrow-minded. And so we have to keep reminding ourselves. So as as mothers, you got to keep reminding yourself, there's something I don't get having never been a boy.
2: Well, and in the context of, of the topic today, about boys turning to video games and why they do it and what to do about it, it's important to keep this in mind because we're trying to understand, okay, they're turning to video games for a reason and that's to fulfill one of the human, six human needs. And they're also doing it, it's kind of pretty much connected, but they're doing it to fulfill some sort of of drive, desire or motivation that, we as women may not understand. So it's getting to the core of that and understanding that. And then as a type of solution, finding a way to fulfill that need in a healthier, more real life situation is how we resolve this problem, right? Because ultimately we're discussing this because it is becoming a problem. It's becoming a problem for boys and men. They are turning to video games and virtual worlds instead of engaging in the real world and in fact in the book he talks about how this is happening at schools high schools colleges boys will get together and they prefer to spend time alone or with each other playing video games more than they prefer to engage with girls they don't want to date them talk to them whatever and girls are complaining because they go to a hangout with boys and girls, and the boys are all together playing video games Ignoring and the girls, the girls are girls are being ignored and they finally either start playing video games with them or they leave
0: or in some cases they try to use their bodies to get attention
2: it, yes, but ironically some boys don't even care they're like "I'd rather play my video games this like Gosh, this is the real researcher it's
0: like the mice. Thing. yeah the, the beautiful The mice. beautiful mice they find better after a while how we've shared this before but there's this awesome research sh- a
2: short recap where
0: there was they put all these mice in there to see if if they just made everything easy they have to fight for anything it was like everything was provided
2: mice utopia
0: how long it would last and it, it didn't within within a very short time uh, maybe all, like
2: three or four generations they
0: stopped um reproducing they stopped engaging and then all the male mice went over and they just they hung out with them, each other and the beautiful little mice and they, they were... called
2: them beautiful mice because the males would just they stopped caring about reproducing they stopped caring about engaging they, they spent for all of their time alone and would just groom themselves yeah. and eat and that was about it insane. and they called them beautiful mice and then so basically the the population went extinct because the mice stopped reproducing, and then they eventually just all died out.
0: And, and there's there's so many patterns for that for society what's happening. But um, let's let's go back and, and I'd love if you jump on mic or throw in the chat here. What have you observed that boys need? Um, Laura said they need hands-on learning, um, mm-hmm. and I think you know we could argue both sides to that. But a lot, a lot, a lot of boys want hands-on learning uh, for men. The working and hands-on training, absolutely. They, they want to touch things more. They want they want to get engaged. They want to take things apart to see how they work. They'll take a perfectly functioning good thing and they'll break it just to see what's on the inside. And it, there, there's fascination to that. They're, they're much more willing to get dirty and be dirty and do dirty things. But then you look around society and you look at the dirty, unpleasant jobs that most of us aren't even aware of because it's happening behind the scenes. And it's in the high 90 percentiles that of, of those Jobs are done by men.
2: Did you see that reel? I sent yes,
0: it? that was okay. amazing.
2: I sent it real. I sent it to all my kids, and it was. It started with a quote from Cher. She was on a daytime television show, and and I think it was like Joan Rivers or someone asked her, "Well, do you think men are important?" And she said, "For what?" And then, but then the clip goes to showing all of these different jobs, like carpenters, and and of course the garbage. You know, garbage trucks and And sewage and prison workers and like (laughs) rail workers, all of these jobs, like all these dangerous jobs, dangerous and dirty and hard and manual. And of course, that makes
0: society function,
2: that makes society function and run. Like, we don't have electricity or internet or anything because without these jobs, and they're, of course, 95% or more male dominated, right? And so it's like, yeah. Of course men are very important because they are behind the scenes making society work <laughs> providing
0: so. <laughs> all those niceties and luxuries <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that you think are essential for society and it's happening so it's so important so um mm-hmm. if, you, if you have any more throw them, in, throw them in the chat throw on your throw on the mic raise your hand you can even turn on your cameras it's that little camera button down <laughs> in the corner um and, and share if, if you what comes to mind just in your experience like what do they need uh, for me and we have three boys and four daughters, so it's been fun uh, raising both and seeing that, well, I think across the board they all want rough, rough housing. <laughs> my daughters, my daughters want a rough house so much. But the boys just thrive on it. And they wanted to take risks and climb trees and jump off things and they love, oh my goodness, my boys love knives and swords and guns and bows and arrows. I mean, they just love us. They've had this deep fascination with knives since they were little. And machetes, especially when we were in Central America, they're like, what? I get to use a, like a two foot knife? This is the best. And, and um, they, wanna, they wanna challenge themselves. They, they thrive on competition. And so in a, there's a healthy way for these things. In fact, I think in order to be whole and healthy, there has to be some of those needs met. And if we try to take them away because of some of the unfortunate elements or uses of those things, so if we try to take away the entire thing because some people use it wrong.
2: Like wrongly. violence in school because of... I, <laughs> as I was doing the research or reading about this, you know, they started these no violence policies because of things like school shootings, right? And so you think, oh, that makes sense. School shootings happened because of violence. So if we eliminate violence, we could eliminate school shootings, right? Okay. That's a way of thinking.
0: But it doesn't work.
2: But it doesn't work. And what it's doing instead is isolating boys and disinteresting i'm not sure if that's the word. they're becoming disinterested in school in the learning process because the violence and the competition has been removed
0: so they don't feel like they can thrive they don't feel like they can achieve they okay here's the other thing right what is it <clears throat> let's just again this is philosophical stuff i love thinking about this what is it what is it that keeps evil at bay I want you to actually answer this. I want you to ask that question, I want you to answer it. What is it that keeps evil at bay? What is it that keeps really bad people from just overrunning society? We're we're gonna sit here and look at your names or pictures or video. I, I, I sincerely, I want you to answer this and I just want your thoughts.
1: I'll jump on the mic, sorry, I'm driving so I'm not gonna get on camera, but my husband's a police officer which he does so he can drive fast and shoot guns, which (laughs) completely relates to what you're talking about. But I would say what keeps violence at bay is having, or not violence, but evil at bay, is having productive things to do. Like most of the population he deals with are not working, they're on welfare, they do not have productive things to do. And so they're turning towards crime and violence. And so... That's just my observation from what I've seen through his job.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing that you said inadvertently is that your husband is one of the men who keeps bad people at bay. Yep. (laughs) So there it is again. So yeah, it's having something productive and fulfilling to do, which is what we're talking about. If your needs are being met, you're not going to seek out the other vehicle that's unhealthy or evil or immoral because your needs are being met. You're actually going to contribute to society instead of take away. And then, like you said, your husband's a good example. There are good men and women, but there are good men out there fighting against bad men, we could say, or bad women or whatever, right? There has to be strong warrior type men and women that are going to keep bad people from overrunning society.
2: And I think, I, I think in some ways, that's maybe something that society has started to take for granted, especially in, we've traveled a lot. We've been to a lot of places. And I think in Western countries, we've started to take that for granted. Sometimes I think some of us think there's not bad people out there anymore. Yeah. That's been solved and fixed, right? there's no bad people not realizing behind the scenes what's going on because your your brother was also a police officer not realizing that there's people behind the scenes that are actually keeping this at bay like we're keeping it in check and
0: keeping it out of sight for most of us so we can live these cushy comfortable safe little lives And yet, if you talk to police officers or soldiers others that are fighting this day in and day out, the things that they're fighting and dealing with, you'd be blown away at the garbage they're taking care of. So I would go to Krav Maga um, two or three times a week, and I was training with these SWAT officers. And every Tuesday and Thursday, they'd come in with stories of what they'd been working on. And this was just a few miles from my home that never makes the news. Nobody knows about the stories they would tell me were unbelievable. And around the clock, they're working with just the most wretched things and and this terrible stuff. And they're keeping it at bay. And these guys are, are true warriors and suffering because of it. Massive risks, massive toll on their lives and their psyche and their health and their families and relationships to keep it all at bay. So it's, it's interesting to think about, like, for us to enjoy a good society, there's a lot of, of difficult, challenging things that have to be happening kind of behind the scenes that we may not be aware of.
2: Which brings up another point. Oh, oh go, ahead. go ahead. I'm saying that.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, there's a guy that writes, his name's Lieutenant Grossman, and he talks about how military and law enforcement are sheepdogs. They have to be just as violent as the wolves, but the sheep hate the sheepdogs as much as they hate the wolves does that make sense yeah yeah
2: that's insightful
1: and they want to stay away from what you're talking about that evil that all the i mean i could tell you three things that my husband had to deal with just this week that would be shocking and but society doesn't they want to hide from that
0: right so if the sheepdogs do their work and keep the wolves away then the sheep start thinking there aren't any wolves around here (laughs) and these dogs are just annoying us And they're bright, they're violent and brutal. They eat meat.
1: (laughs) Read that in the news. It's all over. (laughs) Except I don't read the news.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. So, and and there's there's so much more than just that. That's just one element of it. So,
2: and I bring that up just so hold on though, because I want to say one of the reasons why this is significant with the whole problem and epidemic regarding video games is that he, he mentions in the book, which I thought was very fascinating. He used, as an example, General Patton. But I think that this applies to all types of people, all men, he calls it the will to power. And it was actually, it comes from Nietzsche, this idea of certain men have this will to power. And it's not power in a negative sense. It's just like this will to be the master of their fate type thing. But they're the type of people who are out there keeping evil at bay if we want to, you know, call it that. But he's saying that those type of people today, men and boys specifically, are more likely to become video game addicts than they are to engage in some sort of useful career. Like to become a policeman or to become, you know, SWAT or to be in the military or to any of these things, they're more likely, they'll have a job, but they'll be at home evict- um, addicted to video games because that's where they're now putting that energy, that force, that desire to conquer, whatever, whatever you want to call that desire that can be used for good, right? In the case of policemen and the military. Well,
0: entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs and businessmen, yeah. or whatever, on and on and on
2: right because it can it can manifest itself in lots of different ways but they're more likely to now focus that energy and attention towards a virtual world than they are to contributing to the real world be, and that's why this is such a huge problem
0: because for all of society. in that virtual world they feel like they can have the autonomy and control they can be the master of their fate they can go in and just be expressive and just be boys and men. Be great. They can be great. <laughs> but the problem is it's all virtual. It's all fake. It's not real. So all their achievements, that give them a dopamine hit.
2: At As the end, at they the end of it, it,
0: they've turned it off after a few hours. Like, yeah. But what have they done physically over the last few hours? They just sat on their butts. And so it creates this soul and cellular level incongruence of having achieved, being in control. Everything's great. I get to do all this awesome stuff. But all I did really was just sit on my butt for a few hours. Well, And, and now I come back to reality and yeah. I have almost no control. Anything I want to do, I'm being ridiculed for, mocked or being told no. I mean, no, like restriction has become like our societal thing. Just restriction, 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 restriction. We talked about this before of like the HOA, like the iconic HOA is like the, the, it's a perfect symbol of restriction. Like what can people do and boys do and go out and rough house build and build forts and do all this thing. And, oh man, you're going to get fined like crazy from your HOA if your boys are boys. It's insane. Right. And and where can you just go into the woods and shoot guns and ride four wheelers and, billboards and it and, does still uh, exist in some where <laughs> where it's alaska i think it's the last frontier <laughs> but everywhere else is is being so regulated you with me and so these boys have these drives but the more it gets restricted the more they're going to turn to other vehicles and other outlets to try to meet the needs and the problem there is I'm, i know i'm repeating myself here it's virtual it is a poor substitute for reality and so we have boys who are becoming the mere shell empty shell of the men they could be and that's the main point i want to make today
2: well and what happens like you're talking about there is it creates this feedback loop where this contributes to this which contributes to this and it goes around and around and so because in the real world they're not allowed to express themselves the way they feel through competition or roughhousing or whatever they turn to the video games which then they get good at the games and they feel like they're special or important or they're achieving you know great things which then makes them less capable in the real world which makes them turn to the video games more which And this cycle goes on because the more they create more incongruence, the better they get at the video game, the better they get at achieving those levels of greatness and I keep using this word greatness, because that was actually the may still be the marketing motto of Sony like you are great in this video game, right? Like you, Achieve your name your should be reverenced. Like you are the great, the greatest of all time, right? That's what can happen in the video game where you become just so that's, amazing that by is achieving all the levels.
0: Clever marketing to it men is and clever. the psychology that's right. just in us.
2: But then what happens is you suck at everything else in life.
0: <laughs> so why would you want to stay there? So
2: why would you want to go do that? Because it's painful and hard. And he actually gives some examples of, of players who would play these um NFL football games the video games and then they're like oh yeah I understand football and they would go and try to uh, um try out like what's the word try apply apply for the football team <laughs> they would try out for the football team and of course it required effort they had to run
1: <laughs> they and had get to... hit and get hit and the coach is and screaming at him and
0: telling him you suck yeah you don't even know what you're and talking about you don't about. even
2: understand this game at and all you like, thought are you, you did kidding me i crush it on my football video game exactly. i'm the best player ever and so then they're they <sighs> don't do that because they want to go back to the video game where they actually feel good about achieving the level of success that they achieve in the game and so it's this vicious cycle
0: and it's so it's so
2: disturbing
0: <laughs> because it makes it easy to achieve easy to win easy to succeed in a virtual world and it robs you literally because you're getting all these hits of like I'm achieving I'm winning I'm succeeding where in real life it's so much work and so, so much, more effort. much effort to achieve and you have to lose and fail and it hurts and it's embarrassing because people watching and oh it's on and on and on. Like the, the real price tag on achievement in, in the real world is, is so high. And so it, it's, it's almost this evil thing where they're making winning so easy and it creates this massive, deep psychological um, dichotomy and problem I- inside the psyche of a boy.
2: Yes, which I think actually is a perfect lead in to some of these side effects video games because he says that um oh yeah so one of the top concerns or top things that are occurring that are obviously making this a detrimental thing is that it is creating little literal changes in personality because the reality is (laughs) okay just this is just the caveat here i think people already know that You're anti-video games, like that's nothing new. Um,
0: one hundred percent,
2: right? And I have, I have been. I'm someone who likes to question things. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get, I get your point, but I, I like to go to the other side and be like, well, maybe they're good. Maybe they have a lot of benefits. Maybe you're learning things. And I'm, I haven't gone all the way down that. But I was actually, I'm reading the book and I was listening to it and. I was driving here today. We just moved out of our house yesterday and I finished cleaning it this morning and I was driving back with my 15-year-old daughter and I was listening to parts of this. And he was talking, the section we were on was just going through all of the side effects of playing, in this case, specifically violent video games. And when we pulled up, I turned it off and I'm like, well, what do you think? Are you convinced, Aaliyah? And she's like... I was already convinced, but now (laughs) she's like, are you kidding? Because everything he happened to be reading through was like, wow, that's serious. And he was specifically talking about how they contribute to attention deficit disorders. like They reward and encourage switching instead of maintaining focus on one thing you are rewarded for being able to change your focus every few seconds.
0: It, it's, so like it's, in, it's putting it's, the brain on drugs. Little yeah. drug hits, man. You're getting right nailed.
2: So anyone who anyone who has an attention deficit disorder is more likely to be drawn to video games. But then it also
0: exacerbates
2: exacerbates their attention deficit um, risk taking. There is a direct connection between violent video games and increased Risky risk taking, because we're, we're pro risk taking.
0: Foolish risk taking. Yes. Like foolish. Dangerous again, risk, it's creating risk-taking. a distorted reality.
2: Yes, a distorted reality where you are encouraged in the video game. You're encouraged or rewarded to take risky, to do risky behaviors, to jump from the top of a 20 foot building, right, or to do something insane that's rewarded or encouraged because it's it's glorifying the risk and encouraging it, but then what's happening is that there is a carryover where they even did some research that teens who were in dangerous, so playing violent video games or dangerous video games, you know, even like the ones where they're driving cars, the Grand Theft Auto is the one he mentions, or Call of Duty. Those are the two he specifically mentioned. that they're more likely to be in a car accident within the next five years.
0: Well, and it says they're going to be speeding and tailgating and weaving in traffic, and they're more likely to be pulled over. They're more likely to be in accidents and more willing to drink and drive.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Just just like (laughs) direct connections to really dangerous, foolish behaviors.
2: Right. So that was the one thing. Then the other thing was it, it increases obesity because there is actually um well of course you're sitting there but this was fascinating because he said that playing video games was more of an appetite stimulant than watching tv so you're more likely to snack (laughs) while you're playing video games than you are even just watching tv so
0: you're going to eat more because it is stimulating the brain so you're actually going to eat more than just just passively watching tv which is interesting
2: and then you mentioned something about about this before but I thought it was fascinating because it talking the last thing, it's talking about the changes in personality and dehumanization. That there is actually this effect where people, even the person themselves, become dehumanized because of the violent video games they're playing. Now
0: I want to hit go ahead. Yeah,
2: we're gonna hit that. I
0: want to hit this. Oh yeah. Same Same thing with TV, right? Playing a violent video game. Has effects on how you feel, we know that, how you think, we knew that, how physiologically aroused you get, like what how it stimulates your whole body. It's greater than and different from the effects of watching a game or even watching violent TV. Mm -hmm. When you're engaged in it, it's creating physiological markers. It's it's registering on a cellular level. And I I discovered just working with young men for the last 25 years up close, intimate, personal, they tell me everything. I noticed that pattern, this was 12 years ago, that boys who were really into video games switched over almost automatically when they hit maturity of uh, adolescence to pornography. So the ones who are deep into video games just switched to pornography. And it goes along with this, playing video games causes all these physiological um, arousal And now, when you hit adolescence, what do you do? Well, you just switch to a virtual physiological arousal, right? And the 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 addiction just transfers, and it goes deep, and it's just devastating. Um, I want to I want to switch to like solutions and yes,
2: absolutely against it.
0: You want to do that? So
2: yeah, I I I do want to do that. I want to say a couple more things. Um, of course the we all think oh yeah violent video games like obviously those are bad he has plenty of research on non-violent video games as well which are really connected to some of the things we already mentioned that it makes achieving things in the real world more challenging and i noticed this myself with my own kids because despite greg's abhorrence of video games Our kids have gone through trials of trying out the video games. So, so partly what we talk about is from experience, not just hypothesis, right? We have had periods of time where we have allowed our kids to play video games, and one of the things I noticed is that.
0: Let's not say we there. Let's say you.
2: (laughs) Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) I'll on it, babe. I'll on it. When we lived in Costa Rica, um, our oldest children were our oldest Kaya was probably like 12 and they were younger than that, 12, 11, 10, 9, something like that because they're all close. And that was when they first got introduced to video games and it was Minecraft. And they had, which Greg loves to call Minecraft, they had a friend come and inter- he introduced it to him. He came to visit. And I thought, oh, okay.
0: It seems so harmless, we'll even let him play. productive, you even know? creative. Yeah, it's
2: a creative platform it's it's for, used for creativity and of their own accord they told me at, it was after a week or two or something mom i hate it because all i can think about now is minecraft we used to go outside and play we used cuz they we lived on a farm an organic farm in costa rica and they were outside all the time playing Chopping their legs with machetes. <laughs> just adventuring.
0: Drink. Just total adventures. Just
2: living outside and, and building forts and doing they were they could pretty much do whatever they want. But when they started playing Minecraft, they said, all we can think about is Minecraft. We don't even want to go outside anymore and play. And like we they, don't even want
0: to do the things we used to love to do. Exactly. It was really insightful and wise of them at that Right, age, And so they
2: said, We just want to get rid of it. We don't want to play it anymore. Um and so that's one of the things. And then, okay, and then obviously, our, then we had our younger kids and they had to experiment with that. And, but I would see what would happen is that because building things in Minecraft was so easy and fun, you could go out and chop down a tree and build a house and and have, here's your animals and here's this, you've got a whole farm and you're taking care of it. It's not like they were doing bad things at all, but they didn't want to do real world things anymore. They didn't want to go out and build a fort because that was hard and you would get sweaty and it was hot out and it was so long to build the fort that they just didn't want to do that stuff it was more effort it was more work and so essentially that's what he says about the non violent video game side of things that specific and he talks about you know not every kid not every boy is going to get addicted to video games and that's true in our own family like we've got some that are more prone to be addicted than others and you know not every boy is going to have these same issues but the ones who do are the ones that we have to watch out for like they're the ones who will get into it and that becomes their world They don't want to do other things because it's so easy to do these things and to get the same, the same feelings and dopamine hits and physiological changes as they would get in the real world if they put forth the effort. But why would they want to put forth the effort when it's so easy to just play a game and get those benefits?
0: And that, that is a perfect lead into what I want to talk about. That we want, we want our boys to put in the effort to become men. We want our boys and our, and our husbands, all the men in our lives, to put in the effort and the work and the creativity and the strain. We want them to work through failures and mistakes and and do everything they have to do to to gain the knowledge and the and the skill set, like whatever and the heart set right, whatever they have to do to become. Who, who they could be, right? To reach for their potential, to have real, true achievement, measurable success. Well, we want that for them. And actually, the thing we want for them is the actual way to get it. That you and I, we have to put in more effort, more work, more creativity, more resources. We have to acquire the knowledge, the so the mindset, the heart set and the skill set to create that environment so that they can do it. And so what we're suggesting here, isn't an easy fix. It's actually a very challenging one, just like we're asking our boys to choose the more challenging path because it's more fulfilling and there's more expansion and more growth. And so in a nutshell, the way to draw the boys away from the, the pseudo solution, the cheap substitute, is to try to make their lives more fulfilling, more meaningful, more engaging, more exciting, more challenging than a video game. Now, I realize what I'm saying there. You're <laughs> competing against a video game. But that's, that's a good challenge right there. That is a worthy opponent, right? What can and must you do to make sure your son's and your husband's lives are more adventurous, more competitive, more physical, more stimulating in a good way, more challenging, right? And so some easy examples, and I'd love examples here. Throw You can jump on mic and share, or you can throw them in the chat. Let's put together a bunch of examples so we all have a list to work from. But martial arts classes are phenomenal because it's physical, it's- Competitive. Competitive. It's, quote, violent, right? You should see my voice. And, and, and uh, one of my daughters, too our 15 year old she loves it just as much but you should see my voice when they get in there and whoa, and we put gloves on and they go after the bag or the hand mitts oh my goodness they just you see him light up and 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 our oldest he's 18 he's like i just can't wait till somebody tries to mug me and i get to use this on him right he just <laughs> he gets this he gets so excited about the violent part of it not because he wants to be a bad person but because he wants to be a good one against bad guys it's amazing and it's just hardwired it's it's in so many of us not all but so many so um some sports are good i i prefer uh, individual competition sports although team sports are great as well um trips adventures challenges uh, triathlons races adventure races just going into the woods and surviving camping uh, hunting, fishing. I mean that's why all these things are like manly things, and why men are out doing. All, they're trying to meet this need.
2: Now, I have to add to this because from personal experience, I know it's hard to get your boys or girls to want to do those things when they have the option
0: the easy out
2: of the easy yeah. video games. Yeah. And so, again, Like I said, from our own personal experience, we've learned, especially for those who have the personality, who can become, that they can become addicted to video games. And I think maybe all of us can pick those out. We could look at our kids and be like, yeah, that kid right there could spend all day watching, well, watching movies or playing video games. No problem. And the other one, maybe they'd spend an hour or two and then be like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to do something else. We have both of those. The ones who can spend all day, those are the ones we have to worry about the most because and, they and will
0: in the spend
2: most. all day
1: yeah.
2: and days and days and days. And there's horror stories of worse, you know, like staying up all night. They will do that. They are the ones that need more boundaries. We like to call this headgate. It comes from the idea of, of irrigation canals. You know this old school thing that people used to do. We had we had an irrigation canal, and we our very first house we bought was in a small farming town, and we watered the lawn with an irrigation canal. And you would have to open or close the head gate in order to direct the water where the water would flow. It's a similar thing. If you want your boy's attention to flow into building a fort or playing sports or whatever else, you have to close the other gate you're going to have to close the video game gate now you get to decide what that looks like he in his book says no more than a minimum a maximum of 30 to 40 minutes a day on school days that should be the most
0: i think i think
2: (laughs) no you don't agree with that
0: i think no more than a maximum of once or twice in a lifetime would be too much and a waste of time.
2: <laughs> but just so it's out there, we have found for us, for the especially for those kids that are prone to the addiction, really the only thing that works is cutting it off.
0: Because to me, it's akin to look, we don't want really you get addicted to drugs. So you can only smoke <laughs> weed three or four times a week and just one joint. Uh, it, it really has similar problems. And so it seems foolish to me that you would just just, you know, stream it along in, in limited doses and because some- what's going to happen when you're not around? They're going to binge. And then, then the lack of sleep uh, decreases cognitive abilities And then they, it it spirals out of control to just absurd behaviors.
2: Right. And so, you know, and of course, parents will say, well, they, they might do that anyways, you know, when they grow up and that's true, but the hope is, or the plan is, and this is again, something we've experienced with our oldest son, because he had that personality and we had to cut him off. And he was now expresses how grateful he was for that. And he's like, mom and dad should have cut me off a long time ago. Because he's learned how to replace it with other things. And and ironically, his life right now is
0: better than a video game.
2: (laughs) He's a, a stuntman in movies. So he just spent last weekend dressing up in a Spider Man costume and getting pulled around on wires and getting filmed doing spider-man moves and he's like yeah he loves that right came that it's home with real like world.
0: bruises all over yeah, his ass did. from the horns, he's doing these fight scenes he's doing all this cool stuff so in in a very real way his current life is more fulfilling more meaningful harder work than an actual video game
2: but i guarantee you he would not be there if we had allowed him to continue playing the games because he would have put all of his energy he's he's very obsessive like that which is, can be a great quality. But he would have put all of his energy and attention into doing that and would not be a stuntman in movies now. Yeah. So ultimately, as a parent, you have to decide and say, you know what, this kid just cannot handle this. We've got to cut him off. But then you can't just cut it off and leave it at that. You have to fill that void because that's the reason they are turning to it they're turning to the video games to fill a void that they have. And I, I knew that sometimes there was another period of time when we lived in Morocco and it was an amazing experience, but it also was ironically boring because we were renting a Riyadh in the middle of Marrakesh. It was very chaotic. And unless we went out with Greg, like we didn't really go out because
0: there's nothing for kids there's nothing
2: to do there's no parks there's no there's nowhere to go so we bought them rollerblades and they roll around the complex for like an hour and there was a pool that was literally probably freezing so they would jump in and get out and that was it and then the rest of the time we would be working or whatever and they were inside a concrete box for hours and so i thought okay maybe we do minecraft again and now, I totally forgot where I was going with the story. What was the
0: point? I don't know, but it wasn't good. <laughs> You're using it strategically. I but, was, but I forgot. But the, the thing is like, you'll see the effects. And, and I want to point this out. I've seen um, lazy boys oh. love to work and work hard when they get a disengage from it and lean into something that they actually care about. It's amazing. They, boys love to work. Men love to work but it has to be some. And initially there's, there's going to be some conflict. You're like, I don't want to, that, that seems like so much effort and strain and struggle when I could just play and, uh. but you, you get them away from that. I just took two of my boys, our 17 year old and a 12 year old drove all the way to Guatemala. And we spent a month down there. It was amazing to watch those two work and work and work and be excited about doing hard, gritty work. Yeah.
2: I, I was going to tell that. I do remember I was telling it was basically that this idea of I knew at that point it was intentionally filling a void that we couldn't find other ways to fulfill, if that makes sense. And so that's what's happening is that this void, they're using it to fill a void. And so if we remove the video game from them, we have to replace it with something. We have to, we can't just take it away and expect them to just be like fine with it. And I think sometimes that's where when we try to do that, that's where things go wrong because we just take it away and then we expect them to just figure it out. And they, they need help to figure it out. And they need often our resources to help them figure it out. Mm-hmm. But back to this whole thing with that you took two of our boys to Guatemala, that was actually one strategy we used for intervention because our younger son um, had been having issues with video games he, to the point he was sneaking them. And so this was one of the solutions we had was, okay, you were already going to Guatemala because we are moving, we're going to Portugal. We took our dogs and our truck to Guatemala (laughs) and we decided, you know what, this son needs to go and he needs to go without a device, which was ultimately your call, which was a great call. So he went to Guatemala for a month, no device. It was amazing. And instead he got to build rabbit hutches with our other son and they fed the rabbits and they took a motorcycle down there and rode the motorcycle around. They just did totally, you know,
0: man stuff man and stuff. just playing in mud and just getting filthy and disgusting. It was awesome.
2: And it was a reset that he needed. And, you know, so we have to get creative and we have to invest in interventions to help break these cycles and patterns and it
0: needs to be micro dosing and macro dosing so on a small level daily and on a huge level maybe quarterly or annually let's let's read some of these Mm -hmm. so laura said my husband and son spend almost a month in wyoming every year working for a hunting outfitter they ride horses into camp 10 miles up a steep canyon Mm -hmm. run things out of camp that's remote cold and awesome fantastic great example friendly says my husband is great at pulling our son and our daughter into work in our property moving giant boulders with a tractor and building a shed for our goats and putting Mm -hmm. in fence and tilling the garden exactly it's all these things and you get them involved and get them to care about it and and sometimes it doesn't mean you rhyme or reason like we had to build this dam out of old recycled tires and fill it with mud and it was just it was a major pain and i didn't want to do it my 12 year old loved it every morning can we work on the dam can we work on the dam like go bro (laughs) like and it like sometimes it's like he didn't want to touch the shovel he just wanted the pickaxe done all you buddy throw that pickaxe all day long you may go buy you another one i'll even buy you a better one I'll <laughs> buy you. they have this amazing tool there called the asadon went and bought one of those because he wanted to throw that thing around and pull down dirt i'm like dude go like get blisters get this muddy filthy just do it and i'm like you want to work on this no i want to work on the dam. okay go <laughs> work on the dam, like what like wherever he wanted to direct that effort and he worked he put in a lot of work and was excited about it right so get creative get uh innovative get
2: restrictive yeah in a positive head gates way stop the flow open an, a gate in another direction wherever that is a dam or whatever
0: Sign up for classes, sign up for courses, take them on adventures, lead the way, make it fun and exciting, make it engaging, entice them in, lead them in, get them to want it. If you're really strategic, you can get them to come up with the idea and then you just support it and cheer it on instead of you coming up with all the di- ideas and trying to force your ideas on the kid. But lead this along. And as they change, you'll need to change your strategies. As they get older, you'll need to come up with new and different things, right? You know, how you get an eight-year-old and an 18-year-old is very, very different. So that's parenting, right? We're going to be effective parents. Like we just got to roll with this, come up with this creativity and find ways to work. I mean, we're taking, and, and you can go big. And we would never ask you to go big if we weren't going huge, right? So we have tickets. Rachel just bought tickets all the way through Istanbul into Jerusalem, so we're no, f- I didn't we fly out. Yet. Okay, it's almost to Jerusalem, um, but we have we're flying out Saturday to Norway, spending a month in Norway. That's like
2: three days, guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then we take a we go to Denmark and then Sweden and then take a Christmas Day ferry to the Åland Islands and then to Finland and then we're spending New Year's in Estonia. Who would have ever thought Estonia and then trains and buses all the way across Eastern Europe and all the way down through Western Europe and the Alps and then flights into Portugal flights into Germany and then flights now to Istanbul, which we've always wanted to go. So it's like bucket list, huge stuff. So you can go as big as you want, right? You can, you can make a gigantic bucket list and check it off. And you should see our kids. They are just giddy with like, are you kidding me? Like they just can't even stand it, right? Oh yeah, and we're leading trips in these places, in, in Istanbul and in Jerusalem. and I, Oh, I hope, you, I hope you join us. And in Egypt and, and wherever, like we're, we're facilitating it too. So you're like, oh, I've never been there. I don't know how to plan a trip. She's the queen of the best trips on the planet, right? And so like, we're trying to help you do the big stuff and the little stuff so you can start today to do the little stuff the micro dosing and you can plan for the big stuff the macro dosing but you have to do it the the world so circling back to where we begin the world we're going into is filled with a virtual reality and it's it's only getting better better as in <laughs> more advanced
2: more addictive
0: more addictive
2: more appealing more enticing
0: so it's a must if you're going to have children And for most of you, that's too late. You can't decide not to have children anymore. (laughs) Because you have children and because you want to be a great parent and you want to raise great kids, this is an absolute necessity. And we just, we have no other option to become really good at
2: it. And to make the real world enticing. Yeah. And better than a
0: video game. Make your life better than a video game. Now that's exciting. Okay. Love you guys. You're the best. Thanks for being here. Thanks for watching the recording. Thanks for being awesome, intentional parents for caring, raising great kids and and raising great boys and raising great daughters who will marry great boys. All of our kids still need spouses. So you guys better be raising some awesome, (laughs) awesome kids because I can't raise my kids' spouses. That's weird, right? So we need spouses for at least seven of them, you guys. We're counting on you to do awesome things. Okay. Love you guys. Uh, next time we see you, we'll see you from the other side of the world and we'll have some epic stories to share. So we're we're leading the way, right? We're, we're going out. We we tell you guys to live your dream. We can't just sit here on our couch and be like, go do it. It's awesome. (laughs) Like we're doing it. We're going out. We're having adventures. We're facing our fears. We're marking things off our bucket list. And if we can do it, you can totally do it i guess that's that's the point we're trying to make here it's like we're we're leading out and you can you can do it too
2: um question uh, unrelated can you tell me why a bunch of courses are
0: maybe expiring on the, expiring 27th? On
2: the 27th i will have to look that yeah up.
0: we'll look into it okay all right uh love you guys you're the best get after it go love on your families have an absolutely fantastic oh and <laughs> are we meeting before christmas again
1: I don't know sorry. Well, whether we do know, or try, that is a
0: hard question with a lot going on. Whether we do or not, this is the best time of year. It's such a great time to love on your family and love on the people in your life. look for opportunities to feel good and do good and be good. Don't get all stressed out. Don't, don't waste December being stressed. Just lean into it and just feel the goodness of this year this time of year just spend the whole month just loving just just love just care just give it's awesome it's so so good okay love you guys reach out for